Hey folks, welcome back. This is a long episode, so I'm going to keep it as short as possible. We just got back from TTSCon, and it was amazing. But I'm running on absolutely no sleep. <laughs> and uh, it was a marathon, and it was great, and we got mad at each other because we were tired and yelled at each other. And then we got all sweet to each other because we were more tired. You know how these things go. It was great. There's going to be an episode all about it. I believe that'll be episode 13. So look out for that. Other than that, um, not going to talk too much about StorySmith this time because uh, we're actually revamping the show for season two. And uh, look out for more information on that. But we're basically going to make it easier to digest, easier to follow along with. It's kind of like how Fantasy Flight streamlines games. But we're doing that to StorySmith's podcast. So I'll tell you all about that later. But for now, I don't want to waste any more of your time. On to the show. Episode 11. Here we go. No, no. All right. Right. I'm going to trade you two sheep for that wood. Tell me, honey, does that sound good? Because all I really want to do is take away longest road from you, yeah. Welcome to these tabletop sessions. Welcome to the welcome to the welcome to these tabletop sessions. Hello, fellow gregarious geeks and gamers. Welcome to the eleventh episode of the Tabletop Sessions podcast, where we talk about all things tabletop related that have been occupying the hearts and minds of this international group of gamers over the course of the last three weeks. My name is Elias, and with me this week are three people that I hope will be the ones giving out victory points when I finally come to the end of my final round. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. I'm Dima. Hello, hey! Ipo here for our listeners in Canada. (sighs) (laughs) Hi, and I'm Byron. I don't even know. (laughs) Was that an A? Like a Canadian A? Hello, hey! It's a Greek Canadian. I don't even know. (laughs) <laughs> oh. hey you guys um by the time you guys hear this it'll be origins 2019 my favorite convention in the world and we won't be there this time and Aww. it's kind of heartbreaking a little bit but uh we will be have we would have just come back from tts con yeah Yay! <laughs> our own personal convention <laughs> So we'll be back with the next episode with a huge recap of all things TTSCon that happened on this TTSCon 2019. But we will still be talking about one of the wonderful things that are coming out at Origins this year for your preview pleasure. And um, in case you're going to Origins or in case you're still there, check it out. Uh, Let us know what you think of these games and the ones that we're particularly excited for. But before we do that, um, Ipo and I were at our friend Ricardo's place recently, and we played a game called Otis. Otis. That was an excellent game for me. It was a game for two to four players. We played it four, right? Yeah. That's right. I played it twice. I played it the day before also. and uh, played it three the day before, right? Three players, yeah. Um, the publisher is uh, Libelud and Pearl Games. The designer is Claude uh, Lucchini, and the artist is Paul Maffayon. 
released in 2017. It's a game about a dystopian future. Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that. I, I just read it in BGG. I didn't realize it either. <laughs> because we are divers, because apparently the water uh, have a reason. So you need to dive to find technology in your in the uh, previous civilization that we lost and uh, resources and everything. Oh, you mean cubes? <laughs> yes. I guess you were playing the game unthematically. Apparently. <laughs> so we, its team, its player has a diver's team. It goes under the water. It searches for uh, all these things, and uh, at some point, the oxygen. Uh, The action goes off. Is that really the theme? Yeah, like, I'm in awe right exactly. now. Exactly. Th that's the reason you need to go <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, that's what you do. Exactly. I just read it. <laughs> so thematically, it makes some sense now. Because we were playing it and it's just some very smart mechanisms one after the other. Uh, I don't know about smart. I like the game very much. I know. I loved it, actually. It's action programming. You just need to think... Okay, you can think let's elect chess. You can think seven, no. uh, seven <laughs> actions ahead. No, you can do that. Maybe. No. I couldn't. I could barely plan ahead like one, <laughs> one action. But I like the game. Whatever you do, it feels nice. And uh, you get resources. You take technology. It's fast. It doesn't take too long to do all these things. And at the same time, There is a certain uh, point of interaction with other players. Well, a minor one. It's extremely <laughs> minor because it's specific to one character, one of the divers on the team. Yeah. That if you happen to be at the same level as them, they can copy your action. That's and the only other interaction is exactly. competing yeah. for goals. Ah, no, I was I was going to say when you're going to manipulate the I don't remember how you call this action uh, taker in the, the four uh, different actions yes so there if the previous player decides to get one of them then it's go he's going to change the sequence so you might be oh, yes. not able to take what Wh whenever someone uses the X tile so basically you have tile, yeah. um, a tile for every level on the left column and okay so just to give you guys a better idea, you have one of those double-layered boards, right? Okay. So tiles can slide into the board. Like, okay. think scythe, think, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. And you have two columns. Okay. You, have, you have two columns. One of them has your divers. And let's say you do a, a dive at level, think about it as long columns, right? So let's say you do a dive at level six. Your level six diver will then go all the way to the top and push all the divers down a level. Does okay. that make sense? And on Kinda. top of that, the way to activate it is with a token in the left column. So the number six token, you push it, and that means you're activating Diver 6. Once you use Diver 6, you put him up at the top. But that number six token that you used goes away. So now you cannot activate level six anymore until you get those tokens back. But one of the tokens is an X, which is a wild. It's a token you can use for any level. And when you do that, it like shuffles the bonuses available to people for when they do particular actions. So that's what he's referring to, that you can plan a move with a certain bonus action, but if someone uses that X tile, then all the bonuses available shuffle up and you're not going to be able to use what you planned with the diver mm -hmm. that you planned. So it's a complicated game. Let's put it this way. It's very hard yeah. to explain. Nobody 
from a one hour game. I yes, guess. but but let's talk a game that I find similar in the sense like like Deus, yeah, in right? The, in the same like time, in the same amount of time. Yeah, Deus, right? Because I don't took you guys three hours, but it's an hour <laughs> game. Okay. <laughs> when me and Byron played, played like thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? Yeah, we played in an hour. So when you place a card in Deus, you get to do the action, and it's kind of like Otis, right? You do that kind of action that matches that color, but you're doing that small action. But now the next time you put a card in that column, it triggers every card you've placed before. So immediately from round two, from round three, the whole game feels like it's amping up in Deus. Whereas in this game, it would be like if I played Deus, but every time I played a card, I just used what was on the card instead of triggering the whole column. Mm-hmm. Deus is a game we played with Diego, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's three hours. No. <laughs> it's because they focus the whole game on attacking each other and it's Instead a of Euro, building temples, I know it's temples. stupid. It's an hour game. We played in 45 minutes to 60 minutes. So, um, uh, without the teach, but the teach is 10 minutes. Yeah. Is it coming to... To be uh, fair, we are the quickest guns no. in the West. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, that's how I felt. I felt that was my closest equivalency. I'm doing a different type of action each time, but instead of it ramping up the way Deus does so that your turns become epic, you're just doing what's on the card every time. That's kind of how this game feels to me. And I can see a lot of people liking it. It feels a little bit like the people that really like Lords of Waterdeep. Because Lords of Waterdeep, even at the end, you're just going somewhere and taking one cube, right? Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. And it feels a lot like that. Like, okay. I like Lords of Waterdeep. You're right, yeah. But it does feel like, and I would prefer to play something like Lords of Waterdeep. You don't Deep, build but. up towards bigger turns exactly. or more strategy towards the end, yeah. For me, I found it like one of the best games for, uh, light games for, uh, in within one hour. And I can see why you would. Okay, and that was Otis. <laughs> okay. So moving on to another game we've played recently, um, Feudum. I don't know if anyone has heard of this game or tried it yet, but um, Elias kickstarted it about when? Two years ago? Well, I, years I ago? backed it on Kickstarter. I didn't kickstart yeah. it. <laughs> And it was, uh, the publisher is Odd Bird Games, designer Mark Swanson, artist Justin Schultz, amazing art by the way <laughs> and it was released in 2017 i just want to take a little more time than usual to talk about the game um byron since you haven't played it if something i'm not, i'm saying isn't clear <laughs> like jump in because elias and ipa both played it and i'd like the listeners to how understand ma- how much time did the kickstarted uh I think it has one of the best arts I've seen in recent years. Yeah, it's beautiful. It came it came within the time they said it would come. We just, it was very daunting, and I sort of left it unplayed for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, uh, guys, yeah, actually, Byron, yeah, keep this thing that uh, Elias just said, that it's very daunting, and mm-hmm. many people will just leave it there in the shelf because <laughs> <laughs> they won't be able to read the rules and teach the game. Yeah, so... Um, I, will, I was tempted to buy a copy because I saw it on sale, but I, did, I didn't. Yeah, no, like <laughs> the first time Elias explained the rules, the rules to me, it took about three hours and a half. No, two and a half. No, the second time. Sure. Maybe in the middle of it, enough. we went and had dinner, then we went and walked that's the dogs. True. And we... That's true, that's true. That, that counts, no, no. <laughs> so basically Is the it story... worse than Kanban? Yes. Oh, yeah, worse than Kanban. We should have kept Kanban. <laughs> It's I, like I, a medium yes. light game. <laughs> it's longer than Kanban, but is it worse than Kanban? Okay, so basically the story is you've been exiled 
from your home city town and you're trying to make a name for yourself in a new faraway land a weird ass faraway land yeah like the artists apparently are like fans of adventure time. adventure time and it feels like it when you look at the art anyways the mechanism feels like gothic art meet met adventure time met some weird Don Quixote <laughs> nightmare. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. Yes, I love, I love the area. Yeah. Feels like an LSD trip. And yes, if, exactly. And if you could look at a picture of the main game with all the expansions just in one frame, it's the really she means great. the cover. Yeah. So all the the cover and all the expansions come together to make a panorama, and it's a beautiful thing it's to look so at. So nice. I could argue that it's the best art in a game. Wow. Wow. Okay. So the mechanics are not very common. Um, the only mechanic that I've seen before is <laughs> <laughs> every player on your turn, you have a deck of cards and you pick four action cards that you're going to play that turn. And basically your workers are six-sided dice and each side of the dice represents um, a job, a guild. So you're either a farmer, a merchant, an alchemist, a knight, a priest. Or a noble. Or a noble. Um, the cool thing about the game is that the six guilds are related. Like they're all impacted by each other. So um, in a cyclical way. So basically um, when you do the farmer action, the farmer guild action, you're pushing or shipping goods to the merchant guild who then pushes or ships um goods to the alchemist and then the alchemist invents black powder they use the goods that were shipped from the merchant guild to invent the exactly. black powder keg. so so basically um whichever guilds your workers are from um when you do the guild action it directly impacts the other guilds so for example ipo who was the alchemist wasn't doing the guild action for like a bunch of turns. I was a and lazy alchemist. I was the knight and I couldn't, I was stuck. <laughs> I couldn't do the guild action and get points from to it. To clarify, you're not the alchemist or the knight. You are the guild master of the alchemist guild Correct. or the guild master of the, um, Correct. of the knight's guild. Basically, you can score points by running successful guilds, um, having feudums, that help you maintain the top position of your guild. Having a feudum sounds great, but there are these negative points, which are allegiance points you owe the king, which yeah. don't kick in until you have a feudum. Mm -hmm. So if you don't get a feudum to late the game, you don't have to think about those conquering points that you're going mm -hmm. to lose if you don't conquer enough. Um, and you don't even have enough tokens to do all the conquering actions and do something else called an epic journey and get bonus points from the guild. Like, the number of tokens is limited intentionally. So you have to choose what you're going to sacrifice. Yeah. So if you don't get a feudum, then you don't have to worry about that thing down there. But then somebody's going to get a feudum and almost definitely they're going to steal your guild from you. Yes, and that's the main way to get points. Yes. So you need to be the master of the guild. And if you want to be the master of the guild, you need to make feudums. And if you make feudums, then... You need you to do military. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Overall, it was a great game. We played it one day and then we we were all really excited. We enjoyed it so much that we played it again the next day. So it it's a lot of fun if you can get through the rules. Um, once you get a hang of 
the guild mechanics of pushing the resources to the next guild, etc. It's it's a lot of fun. I would definitely recommend it if you have someone to read and explain the rules to you. I want to say that Elias is a hero. That uh, <laughs> he, he, sp- <laughs> he spent more than an hour explaining this uh, game to us. Yeah. But I feel it was just too many rules because the, the game has so many different mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the concepts by themselves were not very hard to understand. No. It just takes a lot of time. I agree. I mean, that is v- be- very accurate. It's because you have a deck of cards and you can pick four actions from those cards every turn. So you have to explain it's every not, single it's card not, to It's us. not that. I wish it was that simple. Um, this was... It wasn't the hardest game I've ever learned, but it was the hardest game I've ever taught mm-hmm. because I was physically exhausted by the time I taught it. <laughs> you have a deck of 11 cards. That doesn't sound too bad. 11 actions, right? You'll tell yeah. me, Elias, uh, Feast for Odin has like 60 blah actions. Yeah, which are all kind of the same thing of each other, right? Mm-hmm. But let me talk to you about these freaking cards, okay? You have 11 cards and... 10 of them have two actions. Well, actually, all 11 of them have two actions on them. So we're already at 22 actions, okay? And the last card that I'm talking about, the guild card, can do one of the guild actions. And each of the guilds have three three. possible actions. And there's six guilds. So one card can do 18 actions. Correct. (laughs) And then at the bottom, there's another way to do them. With the sulfur to throw a party for someone. So... You literally have a single card that could do 18 actions times two possible actions. So yeah, it takes a while to explain this game. (laughs) (laughs) And then you tell somebody, so when you're the guild master, you're going to push from this guild. And they look at you like, what the fuck is pushing a guild? Exactly. Or like, if you're the journeyman, you can pull. And they're, what? Yeah, guys, don't try this at home. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, you you have these three positions that you can have in the guild. The guild master, the journeyman, or the apprentice. So you're talking to somebody, okay, so when someone comes and buys stuff from your farmer guild, no, not from your farmer guild, from the merchant guild, um, and they pay you, the first one goes to the the master. Second one goes to the journeyman. It's pretty straightforward. It's like a ranking system. Third one, you're like, goes to the apprentice. Nope, it goes to the church coffers on the other side of the board. <laughs> yeah, that was so random. <laughs> it doesn't, like, you, you, you cannot that make this so stuff weird. up. That being said, once we taught, we hardly made any mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's yes. a big deal yeah, about this right. game. Yeah, I've never seen anything like these push-pull actions. Um, it was a wonderful, heavy, puzzly game that really made me feel engaged. The more we played it, the faster we played it. And But at the same time, other than being a deep, heavy, multi-step, think about your four actions and what two could attack you and you know what you could do this deep level, you also get to do stuff like steal Dima's submarine and run off and abandon her on an oh, island. That's so nice. We <laughs> can steal somebody else's vehicle. I literally like stole her submarine and ran off and was going like. <laughs> I felt like I felt like a Victorian villain with like a long thin mustache because I stole her steampunk submarine. That you know, was really funny. And then like yeah. Dima b- hires a the knight guild to bring a sea dragon to protect her her place yeah. from my attack. <laughs> and then she just happens to put it at the one port that the sea dragon cannot leave because you can only access it by road or by air. And the sea dragon can only use the ocean. So even though it's next to the ocean, she puts it there. I leave 
And the sea dragon's just stuck there the whole game. The game has so much character. It's dripping with it. And it's funny and you laugh and it's great. You can steal yeah, each other's submarines. So and at the same time, it gives you that head scratching, beautiful thing. Yeah. To answer your question, Byron, I do think it's a harder thing to teach than Kanban. I don't know if it's harder to learn when you're reading it because mm -hmm. I had trouble with Kanban. And I will say that I think it's heavier than Kanban, but perhaps easier to grasp yeah, once you the, start playing. The flow yes. is a yes, lot totally. better. Totally. totally. Like Kanban, I never understood the turn track. And like, for everyone wondering why we're talking about Kanban, is because until now, Kanban has presented the game that we've had the hardest time teaching other people. Correct. So, yeah. I still don't understand. Kanban. I think Dima took three hours <laughs> to teach me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. And and yeah, she had an eight-page like notebook. A, and yeah, that's, that's an important thing because transcribe. my biggest criticism of Kanban was always it takes two hours to teach and one hour to play. Yeah. So the teach was longer than the play. Yeah. Even if this game took two hours to teach the first time, we played yeah. it for five hours. Then the second time we sat, we didn't teach it. We played it for three and a half hours. So yeah. there's enough juice in the game to keep you going that it kind of justifies the long teach if you have the time. True. Right? Uh, and Byron was a champ. I want to say that I feel it's a four-player game. I would agree. I mean, it's very hard to play five players. I guess it will take forever. Uh, I don't know three. I don't think it would take forever because more landscapes would get pulled, so it would go fast. Oh, yeah. There would be fewer turns per person. Yes. You wouldn't be able to score so as much. Right. But, but I think four is best because if, you, if you're playing with less than four, you need to set the barrels to uh, be as if there were four players. Okay. So it, it's a funny thing where, like, not the barrels, are the... Um, Influence tokens. So it, it's a funny thing of like, it seems to be made for four, but they've accommodated it with other player accounts. So okay. I do think another of the funniest moments was when Ipo like got this massive unicorn beast monster size of a skyscraper to protect his feudum, had it stationed there, and didn't realize that I didn't have to attack his feudum to take over it. I just showed up put an influence marker, I had the majority, and I took over his feudum. And just like rebellion. immediately, his monster was like, uh, what happened? <laughs> Fighting area control. <laughs> uh, I love the game. I think the game is uh, in my top 20. Nice. Immediately. It's beautiful. I can just stare at it. Uh, Exactly what you said, it's true that you feel so nice by just having the monster, hiring a monster and uh, or stealing a ship <laughs> from somebody else. The submarine steal is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a lot of interaction. Whatever the other players are doing somehow affects you and what you want to do. I think that's the reason that three hours passing like uh, five minutes, I, I would say. Anyway, I, I loved it. I tend to say that Wildcatters and Panamax are the most interactive Euros I've ever played. I think this might be right up there in terms of the level of interaction. Yeah. If not more. Yeah, and I just want to point out that I had just brought my second worker to that island. I was just passing through the island. I just didn't have <laughs> enough movement to continue And then I it. took the ferry down to your boat and stole the submarine. And I was... <laughs> and I was with two workers on an empty island with no resources. And then they closed the ferry route. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to be fair to Dima... And then Ipo finally did his alchemist action and then the ferries were closed. <laughs> so 
To be fair to Dima, that sea That's monster was in a port that didn't have access to water. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, so it's not that's entirely like, my fault. Yeah. Anyway, we could go on forever. That was feudum. Byron, does that sound like something you're interested in now? That is something that I wish I had bought. Admittedly, the teaching will be a hindrance, but... Only play it if you have someone that can teach you how to play. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. I think the new game now costs like $100. Yeah, I paid like 80 for it on Kickstarter. And I got the metal coins and the clay stuff. Worth it. It's, super it's a great game. Yeah. And honestly, Byron, like, you would love this game. But it's just the case of can your friends sit through it, you know, if they're not, like, hardcore. No, exactly. Okay, guys. Now on to the real meat of the episode. I have carefully selected a, a list of six games that I am quite excited about coming from Origins. Origins, baby! It's been handpicked. I believe it will excite us. Starting <laughs> at number one, just in alphabetical order. Barrage, or Barrage, however you want to pronounce it. It's by the same co-designer of Sulkin and Voyage of Marco Polo. It looks like a very heavy Euro, mm -hmm. and I love the art style. Honestly, like I was watching a video, the designer was talking about the game, and I really liked that it's it's a it's a heavy euro, but it's it's cutthroat in the sense that um, you're so you're using you're trying to use like water to produce hydroelectricity and you have to build these dams. But e each player has to place their dam strategically and like higher up along the the river or. Yeah, the, water the, the idea is that the river is literally running through the board. Exactly. And you have to capture the water as the river is running through. And the I board. thought it was a really cool mechanism that you you have to keep being ahead of the other players and building your dam in a good spot that could help you, but also try and block them. Mm. So I like that um, competitive mm -hmm. aspect to it. And um, I really like the wheels in Zolkin. Like, I like that wheel mechanism. And the fact that it's it's in this game as well, where you have to, you're, once you place your actions on the wheel, you have to wait till it goes around and comes back to do it again. So... Um, I'd argue not Zolkin. I'd argue it's more like Noria. Yes. Because you're putting your actions and your resources, but they go all the way around and true. you have to wait till they come true. back before you can use them. Very again. true. Mm -hmm. And like, it, I, I just read on the BGG description that if you do some maintenance work or whatever, you know, you can bring your action cubes back faster. So I just thought it was a really cool mechanism and it's interactive. Um, and it seems really interesting. For people that uh, don't like uh, wild cutters or a pipeline, it's a great game because in this game, fossil fuels are exhausted. So, <laughs> so <laughs> You're using so, renewable energy. Exactly. It's kind of like how we do electricity in Ghana, the Volta Dam. <laughs> exactly. But it kind of be like if Burkina Faso goes further up the Volta and builds their own dam over there. <laughs> and then Cote d'Ivoire comes and builds their dam a little bit it's higher exactly up. exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> and then someone steals Dima's submarine. <laughs> I, I can definitely see a few fights happening from this game. <laughs> I think it looks great. Nice pick. Very nice. Next up on our list is Medium. It looks like a party game. Excellent. It sounds like a party game, but is it? <laughs> Basically, 
some someone will give two other people different words and they have to try and connect the words using only their mind so <laughs> so it doesn't make sense byron no no it's great it's great it's, so it's great good. all right so let me try a demo Ipo, yes give um dima a word and give me a word just two random words okay the the word is word okay dima's word is word what's my word same so we have to connect the words <laughs> word and same are you ready okay We'll say it in three seconds together. Okay? Three, two, one. Jinx. Simile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no... But that's so much better. Yours yeah, is so much better. better. <laughs> it's Yours is so simile. It's, it's, so so <laughs> it's so good. It's stupid. It's so good. It's like the mind. <laughs> it's like the mind. It's so yeah. good. You're you say it as a criticism. We say it as a... You're supposed to make eye Me and Dima have been having connect. so much fun trying to do it. Like, we were sitting on the couch. I was like, okay, Dima, uh, we picked two words. We picked uh, Yeti. Which is in the dem- it was in the description. So yeah. we said Yeti and Picnic. Foot. Oh yeah, yeah. Bigfoot yeah. and Picnic. Yeah. And they're like three, two, one. And I go um, uh, hiking, right, or camping. And Dima goes giant. Giant, which <laughs> I didn't get because like, why does a giant have a picnic? I don't know. But- <laughs> I just kept thinking of Bigfoot, and I couldn't think of anything else. So, Byron, when I read this uh, description of this game, I was thinking this is a game for people in a relationship. <laughs> and now I've changed my mind. Now I did. I didn't change my mind because this is exactly what it is. <laughs> But I think it'll be interesting to see how two different people connect the dots. I think me and Byron would be magical at it. The same yeah. way we have this uh, uh, oh, yeah. psychic bond in uh, monikers and in uh, and I think taboo. like if you put like Ipo that's, and Sergio together, they would be really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> But if you put Lena, like, Lena and Ipo together, they'd be quite good. Yeah. Do you remember like the crocodile? crocodile? Yeah. So Ipo did a scissors motion <laughs> a scissors when motion. we played monikers last time. And she goes, crocodile. <laughs> Is it because we're married or Greek? So in a relationship, exactly what I said. Or maybe it's because in Greece, the, cutting, the scissors thing means crocodile. Yes, it's, it's the same thing. Oh, well, that's an awesome pick. We cut uh, uh, textiles with uh, crocodiles. <laughs> en- en- enough playing around. Let's get serious again. Next up on the list is Mega City Oceana. <laughs> yeah, super so serious. this is quite exciting because it's a city building game. I always love city buildings. A silly building game set... or a city building game? <laughs> <laughs> it's a silly city building game. Off the coast of Australia. It's by the same designer or co-designer of Holding On. The Trouble Life of Billy Kerr. And the other designer did the Tokyo series. Nice. Yeah, as I understand it, this game is a rethinking of Tokyo Jutaku, which mm-hmm. I really was into Tokyo Jutaku because it was like designing these like Japanese-style uh, floor plans, right? But apparently this game, it's not just a dexterity game, it's also a strategy game. So you're like competing to get contracts. You're building, like Barn said, you're building these floating cities off the coast of Australia. So you build these massive building cities on islands, and then you sort of float the island into the giant complex. So, yes, you have to collect the right stuff for it. You have to get the right contract to score you the most points in where you place it. So strategically getting the right contract 
and and placing in the right place can give you the most points. Then you have to physically build, which I love. You know, I like dexterity games, junk cart, rhino, yeah. Hero. And then you gotta push the little tile with the oh super fragile tower all the way into the <laughs> island cluster. And like, it's so good. Like, oh man, I love this. Yeah, if and, you like dexterity <laughs> games, you should go for it. We're not getting it. I'm getting it. And uh, <laughs> Michael Fox is a not just a good designer, but a good dude who helped us out in essence to get the demo of True. Holding yeah, on. totally true. And um, That's true. I think we should all buy a copy, first of all, just to support this great dude. And also because it's so much fun because you're building like buildings <laughs> and then pushing the island into the big <laughs> island complex. So I want to say Byron, Elias was describing the game to me. I was so excited. Up to the moment he said this, the word dexterity. Oh. <laughs> no. Byron, since you left, no one plays Rhino Hero with me. Oh, no. People only they? like stuff that's dexterity of the mind. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pity he's not good yeah. at it. <laughs> the humor of this podcast goes down and down. <laughs> well, that's your department, bro. <laughs> this game is by Vital Lacerda, who design Kanban, which we spoke about quite often. The game <laughs> yeah. is called On Mars. It's beautiful, the art, or at least the cover box. And I think it'll be quite a brutal game to learn. I was asking Elias earlier today if it was um, similar to... Mission Red Planet. Mission Red Planet. And then he's like, just check the weight of the game. And it was like 4.7 or something. <laughs> 4.3. 4.3. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the art is Ian O'Toole, and we love his art. So he did Nemo's War, second edition. He did um, uh, he did Lisboa. He did Gallerist. He did Escape Plan. He did a lot of beautiful. Oh, he did the new Age of Steam, uh, the one that just got off Kickstarter. Like he's a great artist. And um, I, honestly, look, I like Vital Lacerda games, but I guess I'm just one of those people that. Um, I don't know. Like, I like them. I have a couple of them. Madeira, uh, Kanban. They're just not my favorite. I just feel like, I feel like perhaps there are too many steps in a sequence to get the points as opposed to other heavy Euro game designers like the guys who did Panamax and Nippon. There are many steps, but it's in my brain, it's slightly clearer. But I, I, I fully, I, I really respect Vital Lacerda and I can see the genius in his games. And even though I never wanted, I never brought Kanban out, it still was in my head like an 8 out of 10 because I could see the brilliance in it. When I played it, I loved it. And then you ask me if I want to play it and I say, absolutely not. Like, never again. <laughs> because you knew that you, you needed to teach the game. That's probably <laughs> it. Maybe if I was if, in the yeah, if, 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 yeah. Imagine you're in a room where everybody knows how to play. I'd play it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Then. Yeah. Sorry, that's not me. So yeah, so again, it falls similar to Feudum where it's just a great game, but man, if you're the one that has to teach, fuck that shit. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure all the games I've played for him fall under this category. And I'm sure On Mars does as well. But Byron is 100% right. It's beautiful. I th I think it it kind of answers Ipo's uh, requests for more beautiful terraforming Mars, yeah, perhaps exactly, a yeah. deeper one as well. Yeah, it looks like a deeper terraforming Mars, and uh, the theme is quite the same, right? 
Yeah, it's, it's basically the exact same thing. So the last thing, the last item we wanted to talk about from Origins was subtext. Now, I put this on the list, but when I first saw it, I was just kind of like, oh, another party game. But straight up, like when I saw the designer was Wolfgang Varsh, I straight away put it on the list. <laughs> like The Mind, Gunshun Clever, The Quacks of Quedlinburg. I mean. Addictive game. He is a straight up winner like no other from a different mother. It's amazing he didn't design the medium. <laughs> <laughs> this game legitimately looks like Dixit, Spyfall, and Pictionary all got drunk and got freaky one night and somehow made a three-way baby, okay? Because <laughs> let me tell you about this game. I'm not right? sure how to feel that's about that's it. That's a strange description. <laughs> let me tell you about this game. And then you'll understand, all right? So I there's a, there's this deck of cards, okay? And then on the card, there's several words. And then depending on what level we want to play, we say, okay, you're looking at number one, two. Like how illustrations has one to six or whatever. Yeah. This one has one to five or whatever. And then depending on the level, you know which one to look at. So you look at the top card and you see, okay, the word is... Um, submarine. Okay, great, submarine. So then you draw cards equal to the number of players, not counting you, okay? So let's say I'm playing with you three, uh, Byron, Dima, Ipo. I'll take out three, car uh, three, three cards. cards. I'll shuffle it together, and I'll hand them out to you. And I've memorized them. My word is submarine. So everyone's going to look, and they're going to see their word. One of you is going to see submarine. The other is going to see other words. But you don't know which one my word is. Now, it's my job, and it's our job, to find each other through a drawing, right? So, like, let's say you don't want to be too obvious in your drawing. Because you don't want the other people to be able to find you. It has that spy fall sort of thing. So let's say I choose to draw something. I draw a, um, um, we're all drawing at the same time. But I drew, I draw like a sandwich because it's a submarine, right? Okay. Um, and then you're all drawing at the same time. Then we put mine off to the side because I'm the master or whatever. And then we put yours there. And then everyone tries to guess which of you three had the same drawing as mine, had the same word as mine. Based on the drawing. Oh, that's where Dixit comes in. That's where if Dixit comes in. Right, that's where I have the same exactly. drawing as you, for example. And that's where Spyfall comes in because, like, you don't even know if you are the right one. You know what I mean? You, and that's where Pictionary comes in because of the drawing. So you're doing that. Now, if me, S.E. Dima had the submarine and I had submarine, if me and Dima both don't get submarine, great. then we're not getting points this game, this, this round. Mm -hmm. But if we both get submarine, we get points equal to the number of wrong answers. So if Ipo and Byron and the fifth player were both oh wrong. Oh my goodness, they did have a baby. <laughs> exactly. If <laughs> those, totally if, if those yeah, then we'd get three points. But if Ipo and Byron and only uh, both got it right, then we'd get nothing, right? Yeah. So you, you don't want to be obvious. You want to be, but you want to be enough that you can find each other because yeah. if you don't find each other, you don't get it. So it's a new step in this pathway that... Uh Dixit Spyfall. And, and Spyfall and Decrypto and Trap Words exactly. and Codenames. Uh, but there's a reason that started. I'm excited about it and it's because it's Wolfgang Warsh. And um, just because it's Wolfgang Warsh, straight away, that means to me that there must be something about it that's entertaining. So um, I'm willing to try it. I don't think it'll be a very expensive game to buy. So subtext. Check it out. I definitely will. I'll probably buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, 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 it's a drawing game that you don't have to draw so well in Epo. So. 
So yeah, no, that's a good thing. That, that's yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's really something. In fact, maybe your bad drawing might be a good thing in this exactly. game. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, guys, you know what time it is. It's time for game show of the Let's week. Let's get the way Welcome to Who's Got It? <laughs> okay, so this week, um, the game's called Who's Got It? And basically, I sent Byron, Ipo, and Elias a question each. Almost forgot that they my name. Answered. <laughs> so the way this game works is, um, for example... Byron's question, Ipo and Elias are going to guess what Byron answered to his question, and then Ooh. Byron and Elias are going to try Again, and guess. Again, you almost forgot my name. <laughs> what Ipo answered to his question, and etc. Okay? And Ipo and who? <laughs> so basically, what I want you to do is try to answer the question together. Because if you both get the question right, the answer right, you'll score two points each. And as I understand it, we have to use only the power of our mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> This is a podcast. I want you to talk about your reasoning behind your selection. So if you guys can agree on one answer, you can each choose a different answer. But the winner will only get one point. If you both get it wrong, you'll get zero points. <laughs> so your incentive is to work together to figure out your co-host's answer but uh, if you're tied and you want to win then you gamble and go for the other yeah, one to try to win by one yeah. point prisoner's dilemma exactly <laughs> sure okay That's i true. haven't thought of it that much so <laughs> Ooh, the question just showed Ipo up in the and <laughs> elias here's byron's question byron i asked him if you had to select only one space game to keep in our board game group's collection that you feel would be the most fun and most popular, which game would it be? So he had eight options. Firefly, Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars Rebellion, Twilight Imperium, Zaya Legends of a Drift System, Leaving Earth, Terraforming Mars, and Eclipse. So what I want you to do is kind of narrow it down to your top three first. All right. And then together kind of try and narrow it down to one game. Here's here's how I'm thinking. Byron does like Firefly because he bought my, all my Firefly. My Firefly plus all the expansions. <laughs> and when we were in Essen, he was asking, hey, when I bought that bundle from you, what didn't I have? Because he wanted to buy it from Gale Force 9. So he is a Firefly fan. He also owns Battlestar Galactica. I'm pretty sure it's not Star Wars Rebellion, as big of a Star Wars fantasy as just going on our experience of that game. Yeah, he hates that. <laughs> Twilight Imperium is one of his favorite games. I think it's it's there for sure. Zaya is also one of his favorite games. Oh, yeah, Zaya too. And one of the few things Byron like kickstarted like as soon as it came up, but he called me. He's like, the expansion of Zaya is out. 
He likes leaving Earth, but not nearly as much as we do. I don't even know his opinion on terraforming Mars. And I think if you put a gun to his head between Twilight Imperium and Eclipse, he'd pick Twilight Imperium. Um, I just want to point out that the question was, what what does he think our board game group would have the most fun with or what would be the most popular one in our board game group? Ipo, any thoughts? So not his no. choice. So That's it's it's, well, his, it's his, his choice of what choice, he thinks. Yeah, what mm. he believes would well, yeah. be the most. The fun first most uh, game that uh, came to my mind from this list is Twilight Imperium. Me too. I think this is certainly there. I totally agree with you that I th- don't think Living Earth is such a great game for him as for us. Firefly and Zia is totally there, but would he pick two similar games? I believe for our he. Group? I believe he'd pick. Zai over Firefly, because even though he has a preference for Firefly, he knows our group prefers Zaya. Yeah, and I think he prefers Zaya as a game. Maybe. He likes both. And the third one should be Battlestar Galactica. I'm definitely with Twilight Imperium and probably Zaya. I think I would remove Terraforming Mars because, I don't know, I just... Yeah, I agree, I agree. Yeah, and, and if I had Twilight Imperium or Eclipse, I'd pick Twilight Imperium, and he would too, I think. So I would narrow that down also to Twilight Imperium, Zaya, and Battlestar Galactica. I totally agree. All right. So what are you going to go for for your win? Cause oh, we need to get one more for... Uh, need you need one. one game. Oh. You either pick the same game or you pick one game each. Where are you leaning toward? Uh, Twilight Imperium. So am I. Twilight Imperium, both of us. Is that your final word? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, and you both get zero points. Uh. That wasn't Byron's selection. So, Byron, would you like to tell them what your choice was and why you picked it? So, my choice was leaving Earth. What? Purely because <laughs> it wasn't my my choice. <laughs> if I had to choose for me... It would be Twilight Imperium, mm. but if I had to choose for the group, it would be Leaving Earth. But I don't think I think it's if you're choosing for this podcast group. <laughs> but like, if you're picking for people like Ricardo and I don't know if Leaving Earth is. So now you think to be not selfish. <laughs> so <laughs> now. <laughs> well, the good news is Sorry. I didn't feel like I was close, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, Your descriptions thought... were spot on about what I would have done. Good. I'm glad we know you a little bit. <laughs> okay, great. So, to be fair, Dima asked a stupid question. Byron, what do you think our group wants to play? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Byron's question was the hardest. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Next one is Elias. I asked Elias, other than Terra Mystica, if oh. you could pick only one of these Euro games to remain in your collection forever that you would never, ever trade and you would want your children and great-great-grandchildren <laughs> to inherit, which would it be? So wow. oh, the, phrase. the options were <laughs> the phrase Viticulture, La Granja, Panamax, Trajan, Tricarian, Wildcatters, Mombasa, Feudum. Byron and Ipo, you're up. Okay, I, d- I don't think it's Panamax because I'm pretty sure he traded his copy. Uh, oh, he has a copy of Panamax. I know he l- I know he loves Wildcatters. Yeah, he likes Wildcatters. I don't think Trajan is there. So I think we should eliminate Trajan. Yeah, I agree. 
Lagranja is very good, but not so much to make it to the top. I can see Viticulture there and Trikerion and Wildcatters for sure. Feudum. Mm, I don't know. Mombasa, no. Mombasa should be out. Nah. Okay, I, I think we should choose between Viticulture, Trikerion, Wildcatters, and Feudum. What do you think? I agree with that. those those lists. Mamani's um, on Wildcatters. Ipo? Let's go with Wildcatters, okay. Is that your final joint decision? Yes. That is the yes, correct answer. Yeah. So yeah. Byron and Epo scored two points each. Byron, I <laughs> traded your copy of Panamax for you. <laughs> I, it's been a long time. I didn't trade my copy of Panamax. Panamax is in like my top 15 games of all time. <laughs> it's just that, I need someone traded. It's it. just that Wildcatters <laughs> is in my top 10. She asked me the question. She went, if you could only pick one of these year games, I went, Terramistica. <laughs> so she rephrased the question. She wrote, other than Terramistica, if you could only pick one. <laughs> Can I ask uh, his top three on this? Or, later, later, because uh, there's a bonus question okay. if you guys tie. Ooh. Okay, so. I want to know ooh. everyone's top three. Okay. okay, you will. Okay, so Ipo, I asked Ipo, if you were one of the judges on a panel for historical themed board games and you needed to select Best thematic experience. Sorry, why was it only me that whose opinion mattered, and these guys had to judge for other things? <laughs> like, they know me. <laughs> no, this is my. No, this is him. Mm, this is is it? Which mm. game would it be? Like, it's thematic experience mm. for him. For me, yeah. he's not gonna. How could he know what the I'm best selfish. thematic experience for others are, is? Okay. So his options That's were: true. Hannibal, Pericles, Virgin Queen, Sakigahara, Fields of Despair. Twilight Struggle, Time of Crisis, A Few Acres of Snow. Go. All right. This is the GMT oh. category. I don't think, if we're going for a thematic experience, I think we can rule out Twilight Struggle, Time of Crisis, and A Few Acres of Snow because they're barely thematic. Um, I think we can definitely keep Pericles in the top three. Maybe not Twilight Struggle. Fields of Despair is painfully thematic. Like... To the point that you have to like consider the gas masks that you use and the concept of the, ga the gas and then there's like flying over to find intel on each other. That could be in there. I find Sekigahara extremely thematic, but I don't know if Ipo agrees. I think Ipo would find Virgin Queen extremely thematic. Honestly, I'm having a hard time. Like I'm going to move to our struggle, but I have a hard time eliminating yeah. any of these top five. Yeah. Hannibal versus Hamil Hannibal and Hamilcar is incredibly thematic. And I think I've heard Ipo literally say the words, Hannibal is very thematic. Um, Pericles is thematic because it has the fighting, the infighting, but the actual gameplay isn't so much because there's no cards that talk about specific events. So if I had to, I'd cross out Pericles. Um, Virgin Fair Queen enough. is there. If it's up to me, Byron, these are my top three. Hannibal, Virgin Queen, Fields of Despair. Um, I agree with those top three, and my vote is for Virgin Queen. My vote is for Hannibal. Okay, Ooh. done. So, Elias Hannibal, <laughs> Byron, Virgin Queen. Uh, and I'll go with Hannibal with Elias. Should have gone with Virgin Queen. 
<laughs> okay, so both of you oh, went with Hannibal. Should I go with Virgin Queen? <laughs> oh my God. No. Hannibal, Hannibal. Okay, so you both went with Hannibal and you both have zero points. Fuck! Mm. suck at this. So, Byron, Elias, zero. Oh my God. Okay, so, uh, Ipo, do you want to tell them? Oh, wait. Elias, you didn't tell them your answer and why you picked it. Well, they know. It's, they picked the correct answer. Yeah, but you didn't tell them why. Okay, <laughs> so Ipo, tell them what the right answer is and why. <laughs> okay, guys, the wait. Can just I, the number just one. Just the number just one. The number one. The, yeah, because there's okay. the, there's a tie now. Okay, so uh, the right answer was Pericles. You're so good <laughs> at this, Byron. <laughs> um, <laughs> why? Because exactly you, what you said. Because it's so. Why do I listen to the, you? The. Uh, the um, concept of fighting uh, against Sparta or Athenians, but at the same time having to deal with uh, another party within your city. That was so thematic. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, the game was thematic in the in the way that uh, the Athenians had to use their navy and the Spartans had definitely to use their uh, army. I agree with what you're saying. I just feel like something like Hannibal was much more true to the historical content. Um, and I feel like you also think that. But I guess it's not just about how accurate is it to the history. It's you were thinking, do I feel like I'm part of it? Right? Is that Yes. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really think of it that way. So Okay. So unfortunately I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Ipo and Byron are tied. Okay, so now what I want you guys to do, I'm going to give you five seconds each. Does that mean I win? And you're each going to guess if Leaving Earth wasn't available for Byron to pick and if Pericles wasn't available for Ipo to pick, what was their like, next choice? The other person's choice. Yeah. Okay. So Ipo, look at Byron's list. Byron, yeah. do the same for Ipo and pick your games. You have five, four... Three, two, one. Zaya. Give me your answers. <laughs> Ipo Zaya and Byron. Virgin Queen. Byron Virgin, Virgin Queen. Queen. And the winner is Ipo. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, Byron, his number two was Hannibal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your number, Ipo's yes. number two. Ipo's number That's two was Hannibal. <laughs> and God. do you guys want to just tell us what your top three were? Start with Byron. Byron, what was your top three? Oh, I, I cannot remember. Please remind Leaving me. Leaving Earth, Zaya, and Twilight Imperium. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so you guys were pretty much spot on. Yeah, yeah. And Ipo, same thing. Ipo, you guys are really spot on. Pericles, Hannibal, and Virgin Queen. Yeah. And oh, Elias. And the fourth one was, was Fields of Despair. So, so, you, so I was on literally. So you were, yeah. yeah, two, yeah. Three, I four. just eliminated yeah. Pericles. Two, three, four. Now, can you, I want you guys, I want to, I want all right because when you were saying stuff, I was like, "You guys are way off," except on the number one wildcatter. So I wanted to know what you guys thought my top three was. Oh, okay. I can give you what I think roughly right now. Okay, it's wildcatters, tracarian, and viticulture. Okay, Ipo. Yeah, wildcatters. Yeah, the same three. I would say Fudum would be the fourth. Yeah, I agree. I think they're both wrong, right? Yeah, they're both wrong. Yeah. So, oh, uh, Byron, the game you thought he traded. <laughs> Panamax was my number two. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, uh-huh. my number three yeah. is Mombasa. La Granja. La Granja, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, it was like no. the two. They were they were tied. Yeah. La Granja and Mombasa. Yeah, you guys don't know me very good. No. Ibu just picked the games he liked. Yes. Feuder. <laughs> Actually, yeah. no, I picked the games that I want you to like. So, Ipo, you won with three points. Yeah. Yay. So, does that give him like well two done. wins in 11 episodes? It's his second win. Yeah, yeah. good job. Yeah, we don't need to mention this. <laughs> Thank you very I'm much. So and excited. that was the I'm game show of the week. To Elias. Who's got it? Who, 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 who? I feel like a whole country is celebrating. I can, I can hear it. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> I can't. Portugal for winning the Nations League? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. Is it uh, Canada for winning the NBA Finals? <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet. No, Hopefully no, no. Tonight. You're close. Uh, I think it's. I think it's Greece for people winning. Yeah. Who's got it? Yeah. <laughs> it's you, the you make, your, <laughs> you make your country proud, Ipo. <laughs> Again. Guys, welcome to the Hippocratic Corner for this episode. Board Game Guru 77, our listener, recommended a video from SAX, the Sat Up and Sit Down convention, called Victory Points Suck. <laughs> Which is what inspired today's top three. Top three board games with the best game scoring mechanism. So before before going to the top three, to the actual top three, what did you guys think of the video? Well, I watched it. <laughs> I like the beginning. <laughs> you only was the beginning. No, no. <laughs> I just felt like I agreed with him in the beginning about um it's it's more fun or like it's it has a more wholesome feeling to it when you feel like at the end of the game you've accomplished something or you've achieved something, a goal that you're working towards instead of just cashing everything that you actually first let's explain what the video is about the game eh? oh yeah that would make sense. <laughs> the, the video is about an author uh talking in a convention saying that uh victory points suck because in his way of uh thinking uh the end game scoring should uh continue to say a, a story that the board game itself says. He says the end of the game should be the climax. Yeah. Whereas instead of it climbing towards this climax at the end of the game, it goes a little bit high, gets more exciting. And then before we declare the winner, it just gets super boring with a bunch of accounting, right? <laughs> Where everyone's just counting, they're converting their resources, who has the most of this. And then we're like, and the winner is, right? So it takes away from that big photo finish up. moment where you cross yeah. the finish line. Um, as Dima said, it started off for me very strongly. Like, me too, yeah. I really liked what he was saying. And, and once we go through my top three, you'll see that I do sort of, I do agree that simple victory points are not exciting and not the best way to do, to do end game scoring. But so, so up until that point when he had the graphs of the thing and he showed the drop in the, um, the climax to the accounting, I was like, this is wonderful, you know? And I really agreed with him. And then he kind of gave the example of Champions of Midgard, where instead of counting points where someone could win the game for collecting a bunch of meat while you went off and killed a monster or a Gorgon, like, you should win for that because the story is more 
related to the death of the Jarl or whatever. And so there should be maybe a central big bad and whoever kills this big bad first wins the game. That was all fine. It's when he started saying that other games should all follow that method yeah. um, that I lost him. Because I, I do think points are fine. I just think the way in which you apply the points could matter a lot. Yeah. I, he started off sounding like an author and then he ended up sounding like an Ameritrasher, right? So the mm -hmm. first half was very intelligent, very thought out. His comments on Root at the end were great. Like where he was saying, <laughs> I could have won the game by just backstabbing my ally who was my ally for the entire game. But I didn't want to do that thematically. Yeah. But because it's a points game, that's what I should do. And it was really clever. But then at one point, especially during the Q&A, when people were asking him like, well, how would you apply it to, you know, Euro style games? He was saying, well, he just kept coming back to this one thing about defeating a big bat. And he kept coming back to, you know, there should be a boss monster. And it just, at, at the end of the day, it just kind of felt like the, the second half of the, of, the, of the talk felt like me trying to convince an Ameritrasher to play Panamax. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. As yeah. opposed to me speaking to an author about the, the shapes of stories like Kurt Vonnegut talks about all the time. And, and like... You also have books that are just talk about everyday life and True. walking through just Ernest Hemingway, one of my things. favorite authors, uh, The Sun Also Rises. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it doesn't have like, a, I mean, it does obviously have a climax, but it, it doesn't have to go above and beyond. There is a certain, it's about depression and love and anxiety and, and, and drinking. <laughs> and that's just like, that's just mm -hmm. the story. It doesn't have to be a big bad at the end of every story. Mm -hmm. for it to be to feel good or, yeah. or, or to, to sound good so i do like that skipping the accounting phase is nice i like that when a game gives you a cool ending yeah but really like if if your solution is have a boss monster i'm i'm not it's into exhausting it. as yeah, well I'm not yeah into it. i agree so i like when he identified the problem i didn't like his solution let's say so. and now i'd like to see how our top three reflect that <laughs> Yes, Dima, can you start with a top three? So um, my top three are a bit confusing because they're all different. So my number three is Argent the Consortium. So in this game, you basically at the beginning of the game, you have the 10 endgame scoring cards. Um, eight of them are face down. Two of them are face up. So two of them are revealed in the beginning. And then throughout the game, you can peek at the other endgame scoring cards and then work towards them. And other players are peeking at other cards and working towards those. So you're trying to guess, um, are they working on green magic or um, mana, mana, whatever money. it is. So you're trying to guess what, like you're trying to, yeah, predict what they're working towards and try to work towards as many endgame scoring cards as you can, but you cannot look at them all. Yeah. So um, I liked that mechanism. I thought it was it was fun. It, it gives you like a rush. And in that you just you can't wait to see what the final revelation is. And even is. though it's victory points, basically, like it's sharing 10 victory points, it matches. It's very thematic because... Um, it's a, it's a consortium of voters who are picking the next dean of this magical university. Mm -hmm. But the consortium is secret, so you cannot bribe them or 
So you're trying to find out, okay, this person, what's the issue that will convince them to vote for me? What do they care about? You know, Oh, they care more about nature magic. Well, I'm going to work on that. This guy cares a lot about charms and spells. I'm going to work on that. So it's a very cool thing because it's a big-ass game. Yeah. But at the end, there's just 10 points to go around for all the players. It's a clever way to conceal the end game. Uh, uh, Winning conditions. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my number two yeah. is actually uh, alchemists. Interesting. Um, I have a science background, so maybe, uh, <laughs> so maybe you <laughs> it just like scratches magic? an itch. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. I just love one part about the... So you come up with theories and you're supposed to publish them. And it's a race to publish the theories first. And so sometimes you're not quite sure what the theory is, but you you have like one aspect of the theory missing and you just, you guess, you just like, you you got on a limb. And at the end of the game, other players can debunk your theories if Mm. they think they got the correct theory. And I just, I love that because, in the science world, it's very much like that. It's a race. You want to publish as much as you can so you can get funding. And other people are trying to debunk your yeah. theories because you guys so that are they alchemists. can get funding. And I just, I, I loved it. It's when I was getting my degree in alchemy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a master. the one thing they always tell us was, told us was, it doesn't matter what you publish as long as you publish first. <laughs> <laughs> because the Alchemist Times doesn't report on the second person who published, even if they were more right. <laughs> I'm really glad it was only an alchemy. <laughs> so my number one is World of Warcraft. Oh my god! So I've played wow. it twice. Yeah. So it's it's really what like exactly what our feedback was on the video. So. This game has um, a huge bad guy in the end, in the board game, the overlord, that you can beat to win the game. But you can also end the game early and just do player versus player and then just smash each other. And then whichever side survives wins the game. And so that ending is epic and it's so much fun and it's entertaining for everyone even if you're losing kind of and uh, <laughs> but one of the teams is facing this guy right yeah no yeah so if you're facing the overlord one of you is facing it and then if you're facing each other then obviously but if you fail the other team gets a chance yeah mm-hmm. so so what i was trying to say is based on the video like i like games that have points and i like games that like you need to find an overlord in and it's just it's nice to have a selection of everything i don't think one way is the right way to go but yeah that's my top three thank you dima let's go to elias no 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 i'm talking about warcraft because <laughs> <laughs> we played it two days ago and um when we attacked you you were pissed off for like three days <laughs> as in you're still pissed off about it and now you're saying that you like therapy. PvP combat? <laughs> After I got really mad, <laughs> I still said that I liked the game and I would play it again. That's true. That's true. I just got really mad that you guys attacked us. <laughs> <laughs> we oh. did, we, we let you, you don't, That's entirely you, justified. You can attack them without, without winning. So 
there's 30 rounds. If by 30 rounds someone has killed the overlord, they win as soon as they kill the overlord. If you get to 30 rounds and neither have killed the overlords, then you do the PvP. But we just kind of attacked them they in like just... round 15. <laughs> just to, with to us. be ready, just in case. <laughs> just to make sure we were ready. And and it really upset me because <laughs> it was unnecessary and they did it anyway. It was really fun. And I was so mad. And them. Byron, do you want to guess who was on Elias's team? The Cylons? <laughs> yeah, partially. Hamad, I'm just, I'm just, Hamad and Basel. I'm just saying thematically, yep, that makes if, sense. if the Alliance yeah. ran into the Horde, they would, they would attack them. True, true. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Thematically. Thematically. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so you said it was on to me. So, uh, my number three is actually a tie because they're the same. They're the same end game situation. It's just applied slightly differently. Pericles and a study in Emerald. So, in both of those, you need to ensure that the person who's on your side isn't in last place. But you cannot have them have more points than you. Because only one person wins the game. <laughs> so it's a little different in studying Emerald because you can have multiple people on your team and it's secret information. But once you kind of figure it out, if somebody's last, even if you're first, you're eliminated. And once that's the case, whoever's first from the other team will win. But if you can get the other guy just over to like second to last place, then you can win the game. So, so you ally, but not too much. Yeah, yeah. You want to help them, but not too much. And it's the same way in Pericles. Like one of my favorite moments in, in board gaming in general was me and Ippo on the um, Athenian side, I think. We were kind of smashing the Spartans. And we were both way ahead. So it was kind of a given that Athens was going to win. And then we made this whole plan about what we were going to do. And then he just really gently stabs me in the back, right? <laughs> And does the, uh, what's the name of the action that gives you four points? I don't it, it, It's a specific action that takes away three points from your opponent and gives you three points or something. It's a six-point swing. And then I looked at it. I looked up at him. I was like, that was, that was, that was good. <laughs> it just, it felt right. You know what I mean? And it's a catch-up mechanism for the game because yeah. it, it gives the uh, opponent's the chance to get yeah. some points maybe. Yeah, because we didn't agree on what we were going to do. It's, it's like a wasted action. Because mm -hmm. in Pericles, you pick which actions you're going to do as a whole faction, as a city. But you kind of also yeah. want to get it more to your side. Mm -hmm. yeah, so by spending time to backstab your partner... <laughs> you're making your whole You're losing actions, yeah, yeah, that you can spend yeah. against uh, Spartans. But, but it felt cool, it felt good. And because I wasn't crushed in last place, I was actually in second... It just it felt good. It felt it felt like, of course, why didn't I do that? You know what I mean? So um, I really like it in both of those uh, games. Pericles and Studying Emerald. My number two is Himalaya. Mm. And this might be okay. one of the most brilliant endgame scenarios I've seen. So at the end of the game, you're scoring three. Th there's three things to score. There's your temples, which is like your religious authority. There's... Um, these like area control areas, which is your political authority. And then there's your economical authority, which is the number of yaks you've been able to collect. Okay. So the last time we played, me and Basil had by far the most yaks in the game. But that didn't matter at all because in the way this game works, first thing you check, who has the least religious influence? Well, Basil does. Well, he's out. <laughs> Doesn't matter what else he has. He's out. 
now <laughs> the three of you left. Who has the most least political influence? Well, that's Elias. He's out. Well, he has like 30 yaks more than any. He's out. Get out. I'm out. So now it's left AK and Dima, who both barely have yaks. You know what I'm trying to say? And he goes, who has the most yaks? And he goes, like, I have like two more yaks than Dima. Well, you win. You know? So it's clever because you can be like, you can be like, all right, I'm going to make sure that I at least have more yaks than Dima. Okay, this way, not more, yeah. At least more political influence than Dima. Because you don't, all you have to do is not be last. But if Dima then goes out in the first section, with the religious section, now I'm last for political, uh, you know what I mean? The thing is, it's not painful. No, it's, it's just great. It's shocking. Like when, when it's like, <laughs> oh, you're out. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. uh, I, I, are you sure? We, I can't make yeah. it to the next like, court. Like, like Basil like, pulled out all his stuff. And then I was like, well, you're out, Basil. He's like, no, but I have all this stuff. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like a great game for me because you don't need to be great. You just need to be above average. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's the trick. You got to be above average in everything. <laughs> anyway, so Himalaya, or as it's the re remade version, is known Lords of Zidit. And my number one game is Pax Porphyriana. Um, I just love the way, I guess it's on Epo's list too. I love the way this game works. <laughs> Because um, in order to win, you have to defeat something called the tripartite. The tripartite will always be, because you're trying to overthrow either by succession or by American invasion or by revolution within Mexico or by martial law, military coup control. You're trying to overthrow Porfirio Diaz, who's the dictator of Mexico. Uh, and, just, and take his place yourself to be the dictator, so you're not a good person. So... The, the tripartite is Porfirio Diaz, who has a standard um, score. And then the, the two people who also have a certain score in the category you're trying to win at, right? So I'm trying to win using anarchy. So I pick, Porfirio Diaz gives me X amount, and then Ipo and Dima have the least in, um, also in, in, in uh, anarchy. I add their anarchy to Porfirio Diaz's anarchy. And if I have more than all three put together, I win. So if somebody catches on to the fact that you're um, trying to win, say, with anarchy or with loyalty, all they have to do is get a couple points in loyalty and anarchy, and every one that they yeah. get is one more that you have to get. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to double Porfirio Diaz, and we're trying to help him. Well, you're trying to double Porfirio Diaz in your own way. So you're, you're working on loyalty, but you're getting a couple of anarchy points just so I can't do it. And I think that's a really clever mechanic. It feels thematically appropriate. And I think it's my absolute favorite way to end the game. It's um, Pax Perferiana. Thank you very much. That was amazing. Uh, I want to go next. I want to uh, mention some games that didn't make my top three. Just for the honor. One of them is John Company. That it has this very uh, smart mechanism where during the game, your family is uh, employees of East India Company. And so all these guys are retiring to mansions, lakes, or political uh, careers in parliament. And these things are giving you victory points for the end game. So it's again victory points, but maybe the, if, if you have a guy in the parliament, he will give you also some other benefit because you have a guy in the parliament. <laughs> but uh, John Company is really smart. I want to mention Hunda, 
a game from 1978 <laughs> where the guy with the most money in a Swiss bank account wins the game. <laughs> also known as victory points. Uh, also okay. known as life. It makes sense. You are a dictator lame, in a lame, banana next. republic. Okay. Lame. No one likes that game. Good I also want to mention <laughs> a game from 1963, Avalon Hills Stalingrad, which was a game that the first time I saw it, I was thinking, okay, I see this guy with uh, playing the Germans. He has all this uh, army. The poor Soviet guy, he cannot do a, a lot of things. So what's the point of playing this game? But the point of playing is, this game is that every year you compare yourself with the actual historical data. Oh. So it's amazing because okay, you, you just need to, to be better than the Soviets, not to, be, not to win. The not game. to be better than your opponents. Exactly, yeah. not to be, be better than the Germans. Doesn't make sense. So the first time I saw that, I thought that was amazing. That's great. And I wanted to mention Pericles, but already mentioned by Elias, which was uh, also amazing game. Uh, we said it before. <laughs> so my, going to my number three, my number three is fifth. Oh. 1429. Yeah. I, I think the game. <laughs> okay, so fifth is a game where uh, you just need three victory points to win the game. How amazing is that? Like you gym. still need victory points, but Seems you just easy. need three. <laughs> you, you take one victory point by having a fifth title. Okay, so that's area that's area control. You're just okay. trying to to go there and conquer, but you also get one point by being the king. So your fellow uh, opponents Nobles. are trying to uh, they should vote for you to be the king. Yeah. Oof. And to be liked. And in its fiefdom, you you have one bishop. These bishops are voting for the Pope. If you are the Pope, again, you, you score one victory point. So it's a political game. There is a, a, a huge uh, aspect of diplomacy in this game. But at the same time, you need to conquer in order to get a fifth domain. The... It's very easy to win. Just do what I did. Um, become the king, find the Pope, get someone in your family to marry someone in their family, win together. Yeah, that's because a, if you have the king and the pope, it's not so hard to win. The mm. other way to win it is if you have an alliance, then you need four victory points. Yeah. So if, if, if each of you have a fiefdom and you have the pope in your family and this person has the king, get married, you win. <laughs> so, you guys don't need to play the game. That's literally how I that's win the, the game. That's the strategy. <laughs> anyway, fifth is, uh, I, I think, just for this mechanism, the game is great. But I did have to get divorced from Shaz to get married to Kevin. Yes. So, <laughs> so he, and, and you know how I got divorced from Shaz? They murdered my wife. Whoa. <laughs> so then I was out of the marriage. And then when I was, and then I talked to Kevin, who was had the Pope in his family, but he was already married. He had someone married someone in Basil's family, but he was the Pope. He could annul marriages. So he annuls marriages, then he excommunicates Basil from the church, so his bishop <laughs> is gone, and then he marries me. You cannot go more thematically than that. <laughs> My number two game is Antiquity. Antiquity is, the, I think, one of the, maybe the, the only game, where you pick your own end game condition. So at some point, you just build a cathedral, the cathedral should be dedicated to one of the saints of the, the Latin uh, Catholic Church. And depending on what saint is in the cathedral, this is your 
endgame uh, condition. And this condition is known to everyone because they know your cathedral. So during the game, you decide what's your endgame condition. So that's my number two. My number one is Pax Porfirian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we talked about Porfirio Diaz. It's, it's amazing. The, the idea is amazing. And, Anything uh, you want to add to what Elias said? I love that game. Go to Byron. <laughs> Byron, what's your top three? Okay, so my, my top three, it's cheese, milk. Oh, no, sorry, that's my shopping list. <laughs> um, my top three board games. I kept a very space-like theme. Uh, so my number three is Galaxy Trucker. Nice. Nice. The fun is building the ships and scoring at least one point. It doesn't really matter how many points you get in the end, as long as you survive. It's it's kind of great. I disagree. I disagree. I think the fun is watching your ship fall apart piece by piece. But he's right. Like, it does say at the end of the rule book, if you made at least one buck, you turned a profit and you should be proud I've of yourself. I've never so till today yeah. made one. I just, I cannot build a good ship. <laughs> yeah, the fun with this game is that uh, end game scoring, usually there's no end game scoring. No. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> My number two is Zaya Legends of a Drift System. Uh. Yes, <laughs> the point of winning is to score points, but the point of the game is not to win. Uh. The point uh. of the game is to have fun doing cool missions. Really? <laughs> oh, I mean, Byron. I always try to win, but I, I don't. Know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's such. I do like game. that in, in Zaya that games. you can set how long you want the game to be by setting how exactly. many points you want the game. Yeah. To be. Exactly. So if you want to be a dastardly pirate, set the game for five points. If you want to be a conqueror, set it for 20. Exactly. My number one game where the points don't matter and it's a race to the very end is Leaving Earth. Oh. Oh, really? This has uh, been a very there's, interesting podcast. There's no points needed. You just try and get to the moon and back. That's all you have to do. To get points. <laughs> No, like yeah. you do missions oh, to yeah. get points, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're right it's, that you stop caring about the point. Yes. Like the yes. point is the points are literally like two seconds of the game. I, I, you play it for hours exactly. and you build up and you skip a few tests yeah, yeah. and you get stranded in space because of it. <laughs> one one card away from your planet. The point is, but, if you yeah. do set your mind the whole game towards say landing an astronaut on mars and you do it i mean no one cares about the points yeah. who cares how <laughs> many points you got you did so it good. and yeah. when your job is to go to venus like ipo does and then you blow it by by spending spending your <laughs> spending your uh, resource to fix the rocket that you didn't fully test so you didn't have enough resources to fix because we didn't have the time <laughs> The Russians <laughs> were trying to go there first. The point of all this is, he's right. That's a great choice. But what happened was amazing that Byron even forgot that there was points in that game. I mean, <laughs> which true. is true. I mean, he, true. He, the points... Everyone should really buy matter. a copy. That's true. It's a great game. It's a great game. That was great. Well, thank you guys so much. That brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out our very active Instagram account, at Tabletop Sessions. You can reach us through Twitter at TT Sessions QA. 
and keep up with us on Twitter over the course of this weekend. We'll be tagging everything that happens at TTSCon with hashtag TTSCon. So uh, you can join the conversation over at our Board Game Geek Guild. You can find the link to all of these in the episode description. We'll also put the link to the video that was recommended to us by a wonderful listener, Board Game Guru 77 Please rate us on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, or rate us through your Android podcast app of choice. Any form of feedback you can give us, any stars you can give us, any information, advice you can give us, we'd really appreciate. We'll be back in three weeks to talk about our TTS con. And until then, have a great origins. And to quote one of my favorite writers, God damn it, you got to be kind. Say bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. Bye, guys. Tabletop, top. Tabletop, top. Tabletop, tabletop. Tabletop, top. Thank you so much for listening. Come back in three weeks for episode 12. And until then, if you enjoyed the show, please be sure to go into iTunes and give us a rating. We appreciate all the feedback and all the positivity and negativity. Table, table, top. Table, table, top. Table, table, top. Sessions. I'm not going to actually play the bazooki. <laughs> 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 <laughs>